I'm Danny Higginbotham, and you're listening to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 64 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. Football is well and truly back, with celebrations of huge goal-scoring extravaganzas covering the fact that everyone has forgotten how to defend in the Prem. Manchester United fans think they've already won the league, and it's only cost them a couple of hundred million pounds to do so. And Anatovic is already a flop in the eyes of the West Ham fans. Oh, and Stoke is still ignored on match of the day. Yes, the same frustrations are there. Namely, how come Burnley and Huddersfield are able to have shots on target away from home? It's not all doom and gloom though, as rumours of a few more signings give us all hope even if the likes of Hesse Rodriguez makes Marco Anatovic look like a constant 7 out of 10 player. But, I hear you cry, if they were consistent, they wouldn't be at Stoke. And perhaps you're right, nothing sums up Stoke more than an inconsistent mess, who on occasion are decent, but more often than not, let us down. So let's continue in that fashion with episode 64 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast, as I welcome Mr Ben Cartwright. How are you? Good evening. As always, as always, after an intro, it's a fantastic intro in a fantastic mood until I get put down um, just before <laughs> you introduce me onto the show, um, or Dave. So I was good and I'm, I'm, I'm a bit worse, but still good. <laughs> I apologise, it was all in jest. And joining us from somewhere in the United States in a bunker hiding from North Korean nuclear aggression, it's Mr. Nola Stokey himself. Zach Evans, the American. How are you, Zach? Hey, guys. For the record, just want to put it out there that I'm also hiding from Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course you are. Well, it's been a fun weekend, hasn't it, gents? Um, let's read some three-word reviews first for Stoke nil, Everton 1, or vice versa. Uh, we've got Berahino is abysmal signing. We did well. Only Everton away. Bojan's chance has gone. Could be Vale. Can't score goals. Buy wing-backs. Still can't score. Everton were lucky. It wasn't four. Gosh. Um, not that you know from the match of the day coverage, but we did We did actually play against Everton. Um, what did we think of the game then? Um, ben, we've, we've spoke all season, well, all pre-season rather, about things not coming together was it a good performance from us at the weekend I, I was just briefly before I answer that question um you mentioned some things never changed in that intro that that lovely intro that you just did some things never changed still people can't understand a three-word review it's supposed to be three words but that's fine if you want to use four that's fine <laughs> absolutely golden um was it a good performance I'm not sure I think we've come to expect this sort of this level of mediocrity not really be able to really cut through a defence um, and then concede a goal. Normally it's four goals, so in that sense, a, a one-goal defeat, we really shouldn't be um, hating on ourselves too much. And against an Everton side that has spent a lot of money and it's got a lot of a, a good squad, I, I think that's fair to say. Um, so as much as it wasn't a performance to really get the season going, as, as some of us wish, we all wished, and some of us thought would happen, um, maybe not many of us, but I don't think we should sort of think, oh my God, this is the end of the world. It's the first performance in the Premier League. It's away at Goodison Park, which is never an easy place to go to. Let's not all, let's all, not all fear that we're going to get relegated yet, please. <laughs> yeah, no, do you know what? I, I agree. Um, I think that I... This, well, in, in the prediction league that we have going, I predicted a Stoke draw. But I think in my, my heart of hearts, I did expect a heavy defeat at Everton. And I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I mean, for you, Zach... What what were your takeaways from the game? Um, was there any, I don't know, standout moments for you? Was there anything that impressed you about Stoke? Uh, yeah, before that, I just want to weigh in real quick on this whole three-word response thing. Um, <laughs> since we are, I, I want to say, like, kind of like a noted left-wing podcast where, you know, right, it's 2017, if genders are fluid, why can't numbers be fluid? <laughs> 2017, three words can be four words. Get over it. Um, as far as the match goes, um, there were a lot of promising things, right? It wasn't a 4-0 defeat, which you've come to expect in a lot of ways. Um, Everton spent a lot of money this summer, um, so there were a lot of expectations for them, and I think we did well in a lot of ways. I thought um, the back three looked really strong. It'll look, I'm sure, even better with Bruno in for Cameron. Um, I liked the, uh, the Darren Fletcher, uh, Joe Allen midfield. 
Um, I think it's great that we're finally playing Joe Allen further back in his more natural role. Uh, he was playing in a more creative attacking role last season um, in that midfield with Cameron and Whelan where we just weren't creating, creating anything. So it's nice to see him further back. Um, yeah, at the same time, right, so like we don't have our full squad yet. Um, I think things will start to come together soon, but I don't think it's all doom and gloom. I think there were definitely some positives. But at the same time, we were kind of dull and blunt in an attack, which has been a problem for a long time. Mm. Yeah, we were we were very very blunt in uh, in our attack, and there's the awful stats going round about how many shots on target we had, um, and when and when we managed to to actually have shots on target. What I, what I would say is that I I agree from a defensive point of view. I thought we looked pretty solid, with the exception of that one mo- moment where it and it had to be Wayne bloody Rooney, didn't it? Because that's that's the narrative that we we needed to put out about that story. Um, Defensively, yes, completely, completely agree. I think we looked better at the back, and that will only get better with Bruno being a part of the team. Like you say, though, Ben, it's the first game of the season. Nothing is set in stone as of yet, and we were fairly toothless. At this moment in time, what does Mark Hughes do to change that, do you think? Oh, goodness. I, I, I'm not too sure. The, the issue with a performance like this is it comes off the back of a lineup where certainly I was very happy with what I saw, which at the back of my mind, all I was thinking was last season, whenever I seemed to be happy with a starting 11, which wasn't very often, um, we didn't perform very well. And it not, it didn't f- follow through really, like, definitely. I think there is sort of the, the players on that pitch that they can improve. I don't think Bojan was at his best. Berahino is still... What is Berahino still? We'll hopefully won't be <laughs> asking that same question for the entirety of the season. Um, Shakiri obviously, he's not scored a goal. He's not scored a, a wonder goal, which he should do every single game. Um, <laughs> otherwise, he doesn't deserve to be in the team. So that's a disappointment. Um, but I And I agree with... with with Zach, that um, Darren Fletcher and Joe Allen as a central midfield pair, I, I love it. I really do. I mean, Joe Allen's getting a bit of flack from certain areas. I know that there's this thirty million pound figure flying around, which even mm. I, even though I am, I am a Joe Allen fan, I would take that. That is fair enough. If we've got thirty million pounds on the table, we should be taking that deal. Um, even twenty five million, I would have thought would be more than enough for Joe Allen. Um, but anyway, that's sort of neither here nor there at the moment. I think the issue is strangely that those wing backs we have not improved yep. those wing backs and and it's one of those things maybe teams just don't really know how to improve wing backs i mean man city didn't do it until this season and they spent 100 million over 100 million pounds on it liverpool still have moreno as their starting left back what is that about <laughs> you've got tottenham with right with kyle walker's cousin peters or something <laughs> do, that, that's it is that's his name i think <laughs> the Premier League clubs not know how to replace fullbacks. It's maybe there just isn't any. Maybe there's a reason why we haven't signed any fullbacks. Yeah, I mean for for us at least, um, you know, Eric Peters has been kind of a suitable wing, uh, suitable left back. Maybe he didn't have his best year last year. He's always been a really great tackler. Um, there was that one statistic where I think he has the most tackles in the league over the last three years, which is amazing. Um, but he's never been great going forward. His overlaps mm-hmm. haven't been great, and we all know he's an atrocious crosser and making him play into this, <laughs> into this new wingback role, which kind of requires more of an attacking mentality, mm-hmm. just kind of puts the things that he's not strong at more in the spotlight. Um, you know, and he, yeah. you know, he made some great tackles, but, and he, you know, he did have one good cross. I was talking to somebody about this the other day about how he didn't have a necessarily bad game, but that still doesn't mean that he's right for the role or that, you know, it's not going to be an issue going forward. I think I think mm. that's true. I, I I often feel bad about players who are put into the wrong position and they don't perform as brilliantly as as they could do or someone else could do, um, and they get a lot of flack for it. And I think Eric Peters is a fine example of that, where he, he's not really suited to that left wing back role just because he's a left back. Not every left back. I think in the modern game, it's almost like every left back should now be considered a great left wing back, but that's just not the case. It's not that that's not what he sort of based his game on for the majority of his career I'd understand and the same with Joe Allen last season where he was played in our in my opinion um, and a lot of other people's opinions in the wrong position and he got a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of flat for that hopefully now if he is dropped back as we just mentioned into a position that he likes to, or a position that he should play in then we'll be reaping those rewards because I still think Joe Allen has a place in that soap team but yeah 
Peters at left, left wing back doesn't really work as much as I love Eric. I really do. Yeah, Eric Peters is definitely more of a defensive player than one who uh, marauds forward. Um, w- saying that then, would you would you both insist that this 3-4-3 formation is the way forward? I know we've played it all pre-season, but is is it going to get the best out of our players, Would in your opinion? I think at this point we should stick with it. Um, a major issue last year was... Hughes would play a specific formation, it wouldn't work out, two weeks later he'd switch to something else. There was no time for the players to kind of get comfortable with the system, see how it worked with other opposition. Um, I think we have a team that can play a 3-4-3, it's just a matter of finding wingbacks that work, playing to the striker correctly. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see Ramadan um, in the wingback role. Uh, We know he's great going forward, Uh, he's good at overlaps, he's great driving at the box and getting the ball at the edge of the box and then being tricky and getting the ball in. And also, he's got a great defensive work rate. You go back, you watch his highlights in a lot of the matches we played last year. He does a lot of that grafter stuff that Stoke fans love in their defenders. You know, yeah. he, he tracks back, he puts tackles in. He's strong, he's a big He's a big guy. I think, I don't know, I think we should give him a shot. Um, Definitely. Instead of Peters. And, and on the 3-4-3 formation, I think, literally, except for the wing-backs, our play, I do agree with Mark Hughes in that our players kind of do suit that system. I think mm-hmm. Joel and Darren Fletcher, again, they're great there. I think the players we're looking to sign or slash have signed in um, Chubamoting and this Hesse, I think, would sort of suit that, that role. Um, Please refer to him by his correct name, JM Jesse. Reggaeton Superstar. <laughs> I you say Jesse. Uh, um, yeah, and then obviously Bojan and Shakiri, who are already at the club and, and doing fine. Yeah. I think in that sort of inside forward role, we've got players mm. falling out of our ears. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's very interesting that, and I know we're going to go on to talk about transfers and stuff in a bit, but I think it's very interesting that in terms of attacking players, we seem to be going for those players who can play across the front. Um, certainly there's some fluidity in, in our attack in, in that respect. The only one who who isn't is um, Sido. Although saying that, he can't, I know he's played out wide for, for West Brom. It's an interesting one with Sido, really, because there's been a lot of debate online about him um, needing a partner to create space for him. And I know we've said very similar. Um, Tom Thrower is uh, of, of this parish occasionally and also of the Bear Pit on his stat show I'm doing a spoiler for the stat show now sorry Bear Pit uh, I know he's uh, found out that actually Sido doesn't be- benefit from working alongside a, a target man so the stats tell us um, I've, I've not put this in the format so I'm throwing this question at you Sido this weekend to me looked a little bit out of place a little bit he, he, he wasn't on the end of things. Is this Sido's fault or is it the system's fault or, or what? I don't know. Maybe a little bit of both. I think part of it is that we keep playing to Sido like he's a target man. Um, I think he probably looks best when the ball is being played along the ground where he can run onto through balls. Um, we're playing a style maybe more suited to other strikers we have right now, like like Croucher or Hosselu. He might not be a Hosselu might not play for Stoke by the time this podcast comes out. Um, but we're, we're playing a lot of balls at Saito's head, and he's not that big, he's not that strong, um, and he's going to have a hard time contesting those balls with big opposing center backs. Um, we lose possession, you know, a lot of the time that way. I think we'd, we'd be better suited. You know, part of it is that our wing backs aren't great crossers. There was this one point when um, Allen played a great ball through to Juve, who ran onto it. Saito was making a nice run to the box, and then Juve just chipped it right up uh, at the at the near post, and... Pickford just just snagged it out of the air. Um, At the same time, Saito has never really looked that likely to score. Granted, he was unfit last season, and preseason is preseason. I think it might be a bit of both of him lacking confidence and us not really playing in a way that um, highlights his strengths. I think maybe the fact that if you look at that front three um, on Saturday, you've got Bojan... Berahino, and then maybe Shakiri, the pick of the bunch, which is strange to say considering his size, his height size, um, as as players that are able to take down a ball when it comes at them um, in the air. Because you think Arnautovic, that is that's his bread and butter. We had Arnautovic with a the touch, a sumptuous touch. Um, we're going to probably talk about Arnie a bit more um, throughout the podcast, but we I think we really miss that tall presence. And you mentioned Hosolu, we're letting him go. I don't really understand why. I think it'd be a perfect sort of 
squad players to have this season, especially in this system. Um, but then you look at a replacement maybe for one of those and Chupo Moting, maybe that's why he's brought in for that size element. For that, If he can bring the ball down and, and play alongside a Berahino and bring him into the game, then that that would be great because he he's a, a bit bigger, um, well, certainly than Bojan and Shakiri and Berahino, who are <laughs> probably the smallest players in our team, who are sometimes, as you mentioned, Zach, working in a system where we're playing it over the top, which sort of mm. beggars belief because it's like you think... Suit like play balls to suit the people who you're playing to, not just randomly playing it up up to their heads. <laughs> yes, I yeah, you know what, I completely agree, and I do think that it again. I'm I'm using the word fluidity a lot recently to describe to describe football, but I think that yeah, if you have Sido at top and then Shakiri at the sides and the likes of Chuper Moting or whoever around, and they're kind of interacting with each other and flopping around and <laughs> they're flopping around that's not the description i wanted to use look when, uh, when, you start, when you start getting fluid you're gonna flop around fluid yeah well exactly <laughs> it's basic but, science. But, yeah what i mean what i mean is i think they can all kind of rely and bounce off each other and i i only think that that is a good thing i agree i think three four three is the way to go and there is a debate that yes the wing backs need to be able to cross but if you have the likes of Shakiri and Chupamoting or Ramadan in and around that area they can get in the box pull back short crosses to the middle of the box that you might not necessarily need to rely on the crossing of Eric Peters for it to be successful there are other ways around it but if I can go very quickly just back to the Everton match then um Final thoughts on it because I think we've kind of said everything that needs to be said it wasn't the most entertaining of matches um from a Stoke point of view, who would you say your standout performer was? And equally, who would you say Stoke could have done without? I think Darren Fletcher is absolutely going to boss it this season. Um, I think he's very impressive from what I've seen of him so far. Obviously, we're probably saying exactly the same with Joe Allen about a season's, a season's time ago. Um, and, and that didn't end up brilliantly. But I think that presence in midfield is going to be really, really helpful for whatever we end up doing this season. Um, Chupo as well, coming off the bench, I th- he looks it looks like he's, he's trying to do something, um, which is, is a criticism we, we, I think we brought up quite a few times in the podcast last season, is that Shakiri and Arnautovic certainly sometimes last year were a bit hesitant to really try and take on a man and maybe not make something happen, because they do make something happen, but just, just in, that, in that way, by taking on a man and beating someone, um, it's nice to see a player come off the bench and do that because I really think that's sort of a perfect role for him coming off the bench having a bit of a bit part place and really fighting for for his position if he does really well off the bench a few times then let's start him but at the moment he's the perfect squad player and, and I'm really excited to see how that goes for, for him this season obviously Bojan didn't have a sensational game um, which can happen which is a shame obviously I think we all love Bojan all three of us love him as much as each other but you have to say that Bojan doesn't always turn up to games Um, and I'm not saying that he should be dropped next game I just think sometimes he doesn't really turn up and and maybe this week was one of those times I'm actually going to stick up for Bojan there unsurprisingly based on anybody (laughs) who knows me Um, I would agree right it wasn't his best game obviously Um, I thought he he had there was this one moment where he kind of drove around around the edge of the box with like three or four defenders around him, uh, got a shot off that was kind of vintage Boyan. He didn't really have a lot of support in the box. What impressed me most about his performance, um, a lot of times people say that he's kind of lightweight, he gets pushed off the ball, he doesn't contribute defensively. There were several moments this game where he lost the ball and then he got stuck in and he won the ball back. Um, someone lost the ball in a counterattack and like he knocked Wayne Rooney to the ground. And like, you know, it stopped the, <laughs> it stopped the play, but like that was awesome. That was like the tough you know, Boyan that Stoke fans have been looking for. Um, he combined well with Allen and Shaq. You know, Everton was playing kind of like a tight, compacted defense. And we've talked about earlier how we were maybe playing the best offensive tactics. But I do think there was a lot of promising stuff. People talk about, you know, Boyan, you know, kind of lost his physicality after the injury. I think there were a lot of promising things um, where, he, you know, he, did, he lost the ball. He didn't give up. He came and he won it back, recycled the ball into possession. Um, so that was really promising for me. But, of course, I'm always going to look for the silver lining in one of his performances, me being a big boy on stand. Um, but yeah, agree with Ben that Darren Fletcher was definitely my man of the match, and I think he's going to be huge this season. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I think let's leave Everton there, 
and go on to a topic that everyone loves, no matter what, and that's transfers. Uh, and oh my goodness me, it only seemed a few weeks ago, Ben, that we were sat here complaining about a lack of activity, and now we've signed two players in a week, we've got a former Real Madrid star coming through, apparently, as of yet it's not been announced, that kind of timestamps this episode. Um, goodness me, um, let, let's start with the earliest then. We've spoken about him earlier, Mr. Chupa Max, no, Maxim Chupa Moting himself, um, probably the coolest looking man I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> no hyperbole. <laughs> Never, this I, is I, the I, Wizard I, of Dribble I, podcast, we are always very <laughs> vanilla. Come on, you not listening. <laughs> It was, it, you know what? It was very, very interesting because before, when we were linked with him over the weekend previous, I was really not that excited about him as a signing. Um, I've seen him at Schalke, and he is. Maybe I'm looking at it, looking at him too critically, but I, I, I he's a good player, but relatively inconsistent. Um, as soon as he signed for us, by the way, he's now the best player ever, so I, I love him. Um, what did you make of it? It came out of nowhere, didn't it? Really? Um, are you happy with him? Yeah, it's a player that, I mentioned it briefly earlier I mean it's a player that isn't I don't think he's going to set the Premier League alight um, obviously I'm hoping to be prove, proven wrong but it was a weird one in the fact that I think I'm right in saying that he's sort of never been bought for a fee he's always run out his contract which is a bit strange in the modern day it's not something that you come a lot come across often um, so in that sense what does that say about his ability maybe um, but then a lot of people say he's inconsistent. So if, if he's inconsistent and can come up with the goods every now and again off the bench, as I mentioned earlier, then I, I would be happy with that as a signing. I think it's the perfect player. The fact that he won't be getting annoyed that he won't start every week. He won't be sort of forcing for him. If you, you would have thought coming into the squad, I, th- I think Davis said on the podcast before where he, he doesn't really get that sort of buying a squad player. But I really think that's what we've done here. We've bought a player that can play... I think anywhere across the front three, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and he will be more than happy, or not maybe, maybe more than happy is the wrong way to put it, but he won't particularly mind maybe if he's not starting week in, week out for Soak City, but he can f- fill in whenever we need him, and probably wherever we need him. Maybe he'll be filling in at left wing back, who knows. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do. He seems like he seems like that player that can create one or two special moments in a season, maybe... Um, something like a, like what Tunchai did all those years ago and I know Tunchai sort of splits the fan base but I still remember that goal against Manchester United and how mental I went um, so if Chuba Moting can, has got a couple of those in him then I'll be more than happy Yeah, I think, I don't know maybe I'm like a little bit unsure exactly what his role in the team is supposed to be um, we just like keep signing these left-sided attackers we signed him, <laughs> we have Boyan still we're apparently trying to sign Hesse uh, we just gave Ramadan a new five-year contract. Um, I know we didn't. I know Chupo didn't start the other day. I, I heard part of that was because he's still not fully fit because he, you know he didn't get a full preseason because he was let go from Schalke and was just kind of training on his own. Um, so I guess we'll kind of have a better idea of what his role is going to be when he, you know, is, is fully fit and I guess we kind of sort things out. Um, but yeah, he you know as far as I can tell, he seems like a really great guy. Um, Schalke fans say he was like a huge part of the dressing room mentality. Um, it's kind of like a really great presence for the for the club. I think it's amazing that his tiny son got a custom Stoke jersey that says Lil Chupo <laughs> on the back. That uh, <laughs> filled me with delight. Um, yeah, he seems kind of statistically like a lot like, um, and stylistically a lot like a like an Arnie type player, um, except he's a lot better in the air. And uh, I think he just has a normal tongue, not like a forked one. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. It'll yeah, like I said, it's tough. It's tough to know exactly what his role in the team is going to be now. Yeah. But there's a lot to be hopeful for. And even if yeah, if he just ends up being a squad player, he costs us nothing. And I think you know it definitely strengthens our bench. I guess the thing to yeah. mention with it is that why why on earth did it not happen earlier? If he's if he didn't have a preseason or anything like if if he was a target of ours, someone that Hughes has sort of admired for a while, why he's not been brought in earlier? That would have made a lot of people feel happy with it, I feel. But that that's is just, the issue. That's a side issue. It, it is, it is. And, I mean, we would purely be speculating as to why it didn't happen. Um, what I would say is that I think he will get game time this season. We are bound to lose an attack, attacking player to injury at some point. He will 
get game time and and yeah hopefully uh, when he when he plays he will be that impact player um and at 28 years old you would assume that this he's not using Stoke as a stepping stone it's not like an out of it who quite rightly said that you know he would like to be picked up by a bigger team just so happened that that bigger team um wasn't bigger wasn't bigger <laughs> and uh, and now he's and now he's hated yeah i, I just uh, yeah, just to one side, I know that there was... Uh, I, I was guilty yesterday on Twitter when Man United were thrashing them uh, of searching out West Ham fans on Twitter who were already slagging off Arnie just because it was really, really funny. I don't believe he's a bad player, but I do find it really funny that West Ham fans were losing patience with him already. Um, How did you find seeing him in a West Ham shirt? Because I literally didn't, was... didn't want to watch... I didn't look at the screen while he was there for a long time. I just watched the it highlights. It was sickening. him. <laughs> Mm. I'm not ready yet. Uh, <laughs> uh. I tell you, it, it just it looked weird. It was like watching someone who like was playing, I don't know, a computer game and they bought him for his, their side. And it's like, he didn't play for your side. Don't be ridiculous. No. Um, you, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend that I'm over it and wish him well. But um, I, it would make me happy if he wasn't the biggest success that, um, that he thinks he, he would be. Yeah, well, um, go on, Zach. You don't want to say. Well, I mean, let me let me break your heart. I don't want to waste the briefly. breath on him. Oh, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Because I mean, we did we did make another signing in the week, but um, before we talk about him, the the signing of another defender did mean that we said goodbye, albeit temporarily, but maybe permanently, to a fan favourite of ours. Um, obviously, Mark Munyaza has left. Uh, back to the Spanish league. It's all very, very sad, and everyone has a tear in their eye. Um, I'm, I'm going to assume, if you're anything like me, that you agree with this transfer for the benefit of Mark Munyaza, because he does need game time. He needs to play, and he's a lovely gen, and you can't guarantee he was going to get... Uh, he, he wasn't going to be first-choice defender this season for us. And I kind of... I just... I want. He's a nice guy. I want him to have a nice career. It's sad, but would would you agree? I I do agree. I know what you mean. I guess the shame from like it's a bit of a shame in my point of view, in that we're starting this formation seemingly sort of basing our season around this three four three formation, where I think he does so well in. I think that if there's a formation that suits him, it is this one. And if like there was a season, like if he came here, if he instead of what's happened, he arrived at so this season, I think he'd sort of be happy to be like that bit part role maybe in and maybe he would prove himself enough to start like all the games because I think he really can he could have I can't say can anymore he could have um, really cemented his position in the side but obviously it hasn't happened I'm a huge fan of Minier so that is not going to change wherever he plays I, I, he said in his sort of good in his farewell tweets like Potter for life and all this stuff that you just love to read that's, that's how you leave a football club I know it's not permanent yes but that is how you leave a football club um, and yeah, like, fair play to him. Good luck to him. I hope he did. I hope he smashed it at Girona. I really do. Yeah, it's sad, but you know, I, I probably would rather have let let Walshide go before Muniesa. But mm. you know, Muni needs to play. He's still pretty young. He likes Spain. He, just, he has a baby. His family's there. <laughs> he can get a babysitter. It's probably easier to get a babysitter yeah. if he moves back to Spain. I get it. I'm, I don't know. I'm just who's Boyan going to hang out with? Like, who's Boyan going to play Mario Kart with? Who's, who's going to post cute Instagram yeah. stories? That's the saddest... Uh, do you know what? That's the saddest thing, because obviously, Jocelyn's going for whatever reason, and Mooney's back in Spain. They're good friends with Afrolai, aren't they? Yeah, but I do worry for Chupa. Boyan that he's just going to be... Yeah, that's... Yeah. Zuma's just... Well, I reckon Zuma like, as well. Who, who he's, he seems like a guy that's friends Spanish? with Spanish? Language is overrated, Zach. We're, talk, we're talking to you, mate, and you're in America. <laughs> that is, is That is true. Whole different, yeah, whole different <laughs> language here. <laughs> and uh, it's good for Mark Munez because I mean, Girona are—they're a Catalan side. He'll be close to his hometowns. He'll be—he'll be back comfortable and well, not that he wasn't comfortable where we were, but but yeah, I, I think I think it is good for him. And obviously, Mark Munez leaving meant that we had confirmed the signing finally. <laughs> Bloody took forever of uh, Bruno Martins Indy yes. from Porto. For seven point seven million pounds, were we wrong to worry about Stoke taking the time over this? I mean, we've got him for cheaper than we thought we would get. Were we 
were we wrong to panic? No, we weren't wrong. I tell you who should be panicking. Sky Sports sources. Whoever's involved in those sources, whatever they are, you're getting the sack at some point soon when you get found out because you've messed us around a right sort this summer. Um, I'm, I said on the podcast before in the preseason, if we sign BMI, at some point, I'm happy. We've signed BMI. He's going to be bloody fantastic again this season. You just There's no way of denying that. He is a great player. We've got an absolute coup there for that price in the current market. Just love him. Again, smiley bloke. Exactly the type of player I want to see at Stoke City. Go on. Go on, Stoke. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was my player of the season last year, um, like yeah. far and away. I get the Lee Grant one, but Bruno was the best Stoke player last season in my mind. Um, he was a complete rock, so consistent. Scored a goal, could have scored a couple more. Um, yeah, that was, like Ben said, like a coup to get him. Um, honestly, if we paid 15... 15 million pounds I would have been fine with that too like mm-hmm. we are, we know he fits in the team we know he's he's you know Premier League proven it's it's just, it's fantastic that we've gotten him and I'm so so relieved and I'm, I'm it's a bummer that it ha- it's happened this late it would have been nice to get him in preseason and uh kind of working in the 3-4-3 and for the first match but I can't be too upset it's not like we lost against Everton because of him um I don't I'm, I'm just so happy to have him I love Bruno. Yeah, his head is completely so, his head agree. Is so I, shiny. <laughs> 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 I mean, he, 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 I don't know if he was joking, but he, he said that, you know, he's he's there to fight for his place, and I don't know if that's just very respectful to Jeff Cameron, but surely Bruno slots straight in, like in that back three, like. He he doesn't he doesn't need to fight for a place surely. No, he yeah he is right in there. Jeff Cameron can do one. So, sorry, Zach. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get onto Jeff Cameron too much again with Zach on the podcast because I know what he's like. Um, but <laughs> you know what I'm like, or you know what Jeff's like. <laughs> bit of both. Bit of both. Um, three at the back with the players that we've got now. I just I'm excited. I'm excited to see Bruno in a Stoke shirt again. The one thing that Arsenal I'm worried about. Well. Is somebody was talking about this uh, online earlier today, kind of in terms of this, is if, right, so Cameron, I thought, played, played pretty well the other day. So does Bruno come in at center back? Does Jeff get moved up to the midfield alongside Fletcher? And then does that push Allen right back into that attacking midfield role that we were complaining about all last season? No, oh, God, I don't I think so. Not. I don't think, so. Does, I think does, does Cameron get dropped out of the 11? I hope so, but... I think Cameron is, I think Cameron is going to be, yeah, a sort of part-time role in the team this season I don't think although he, he played fine on, on Saturday I don't think that means that he sort of automatically goes into midfield especially when as we've mentioned a couple of times Alan and Fletcher have got that thing that thing going on um, and I, I, as much as Joe Allen might have been that sort of that behind striker midfielder it was sort of Joe Allen I think I, I'd consider it more of a 4-3-3 last season really um, with Joe Allen in it so I think the three four three. I don't think he'd suit. I don't think he suits that at all. Being a sort of inside forward. It, if 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 Mark Hughes did that, I'd be very very confused because not That's, for me. The, the thing is, how many times has Mark Hughes confused us with his selection? Like in the past, in the past, <laughs> he's rewarded good performances to the detriment of the eleven. <laughs> Zach, Zach, it's a fresh start this season. We're going. I again, know. Right? I'm. I know. I know. What's uh, this yeah. PTSD? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we are we we are giving Mark Hughes a clean slate for the time being. Anyway, we're positive. We are we 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 have been very very positive, very positive indeed. Um, right, shall we play a little game? I know that I, I, I prepared you briefly for this, didn't I, gentlemen? Um, obviously, the likes of Hesse is apparently somewhere in in Stoke, according to the Bushmen. He's been there at Clayton Wood this morning, which is a very Odd, odd signing. Before we play a game, what's your thoughts on that? On Hesse, is this? It's perplexing. Strange. Is my it is yeah? Strange. It's uh, like. Are you excited? It's like a pretty perfect 2014-15 Stoke signing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's flashy, weird. flashy European flair attacking player who had an injury, didn't live up to his potential. Let's see if he can regain it. Uh, we'll see. I don't know if it's a loan. I, I don't mind it if it's a loan. Maybe he'll mm. be great. He was really amazing yeah, guess, for Real Madrid I, yeah. like two years ago before he did his cruciate. I don't know. Why not? I think it's a good point. If it's a loan move, maybe there's more scope for him. If it doesn't work out like we saw with Van Hinkle, he doesn't need to 
like he doesn't need to feature it's not like when you make a record signing and then it's like we kind of feel like we have to play him yeah. I'm sure Mark Hughes unless your name is Gianelli and Buda of course um, so yeah I'm, I'm happy that it's a loan move if he can improve us then fair enough like mm-hmm. as much as like we love Bojan like if Hesse comes in and maybe sort of really smashes it then I'll be happy because Stoke will be doing well and if he doesn't then we've mm. got other players there that will do a better job than him so I don't think nope. we've really I don't think we need to worry that much about Hesse coming and I think it's it's good it's a bit of a strange one in the fact that we I, I feel like yeah. I, do we need that kind of player do we need another one of those I don't know but the fact that he's coming is, isn't a bad thing mm. that's the thing he's, he's, I'm yeah. just going to say like, Go on, we, all, we all have favourite players and players that we want to see in the, in the 11 and doing well but like if other players are playing well and like Stoke is scoring goals, like that's like that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. P- people were all angry last year about you know these players playing, these players playing, but like nobody was scoring goals. Yeah, exactly. But like, right? If if Hesse comes into the team and starts scoring goals, like of course we'll want him in the team over over Boyan. Like favorites be damned. Like no no one is hoping mm-hmm. for any of these players to fail, and I think it's exciting, and I hope. Mm-hmm. What what I would say is it's very um, what I find exciting about it is that the, this idea that he wants to play for Mark Hughes according to the reports. Now, obviously, similarly, Mark Marko Anatovic came to uh, came to Stoke from Werder Bremen and had that reputation of being a bit of a a bad boy, and things things improved for him, and he became a very consistent player. You would hope that something similar could happen with Hesse, and if it becomes a permanent move. Who knows? If he can fulfil any of his potential, it would probably be worth it, I think, for Stoke. Right, let's play a game then to, to finish off the episode. Um, we have £30 million in the budget, uh, according to the various sales that we've done this season. Uh, and we don't seem to have spent too much of it, apart from, you know, Bruno Martins Indy. So, I, I'd like you both to indulge my, my fantasy booker mentality, my, my football manager brain. Um, I'm giving you a budget, thirty million pounds, right now. Yeah, before now and the end of the transfer window, what could you, or what would you like to see Stoke spend that money on, player-wise, position-wise? Sell it to me, and points will go to the to the person who's impressed me the most. You won't win anything, but it's nice to know you've took part. <laughs> who's going Let's, first? Um, we will start with you, Zach. Should I do the whole budget, or go? Should we go back and forth for players? Ooh, um, how many players have you got on your list? I have two, and then one honorable mention that was based okay. on a potential Joe Allen transfer. Oh, okay, okay. That I mostly still want to talk about because I tried really hard to learn how to pronounce <laughs> his name, and I practiced it, and I want to say it on the podcast. Okay, Ben, have you got, got three, three as, well? as well? So let's go ahead, let's go. Let's All right, let, well, let's do it. T- Zach first, Ben. Zach, let, yeah, let's take it in turns. Okay, your first player then, Zach. Are you going cheapest okay. first? Are you going cheapest first or what are you doing? Are we going go, in order? I'll go, I'll build go up cheapest. suspense? Go, yeah, I'll go cheapest first. All right, cool. Okay. okay, okay, this is exciting. All right, so my first player is a right wing back, a proper right wing back who can defend and bomb forward and play in crosses. Uh, he plays for Torino in Serie A. His name is David Zapacosta. All right, he's, what a uh, name. David Zapacosta. He Oof. has been capped by the Italian national team four times um, since, since last season. Um, last season, he had uh, one goal and five assists in 25 appearances. Uh, you've probably heard a lot about Andrea Belotti, who is a Torino striker that a lot of the big clubs in um, you know, England, Europe have been kind of uh, linked with over the summer. Um, Zapacosta was the one like whipping crosses off his forehead um, all season. He's pacey, he's strong, um, he's got a decent shot on him. Uh, he can put it, he can like throw in pinpoint crosses from almost anywhere in the box. Um, and transfer market um, has him rated at, uh, let's see, of course it's taking a slower time to load now. They have him rated at um, eight and a half million euros. Um, so that's, you're the Europeans, that's what, like seven million pounds? Something like that. Well, it, 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 it is at the moment, but as we know, the pound is getting devalued every day. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Obama. <laughs> um, okay, interesting choice. On. Very good choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, do, do you have anything more to say about him? Uh, I just he's he's, uh, he's 25 years old. 
Um, he's a great attacking player. Uh, he's, he, he can actually play crosses. He can defend well. He's in our budget. He's an international. I think it'd be a great signing. Ooh, very, very nice. Uh, we will head over to you, Ben. What have you got to counter okay. Zach's first choice? So, it, ch- I don't have as much to say about my person as Zach does about his person, but I, I'll, I'll go through my thought process for the players I've got. I, I basically looked at our team, our 11, our squad, on paper, and I thought, right, which are the positions that I feel like we need to improve? Um, and this first one, maybe we don't, we, we don't need to improve it on the first level, we certainly don't need to improve it. But I've mentioned it before again on the podcast that we need a reserve one of them, and it's a goalkeeper. Um, we have Jack Butland, and it's maybe perhaps likely that he's going to swan off to a better team than us, hopefully not West Ham, um, come next summer or maybe the summers after or maybe even January this year, if we're unlucky, or next year. Um, so I've, I've gone for a replacement, and basically what I did here is Google best young European goalkeepers and then I picked one that was quite cheap. So my scouting method might not be sensational, but we might get ourselves a bargain. Um, so my name, get your Googles at the ready, is Robert Ruben Blanco. He plays for Celta Vigo at the moment. Um, he's been in the team since July of 2014 and his transfer value has slowly been rising. He's currently rated at a cool £1.35 million on transfer marks. So a bargain is on offer here. He's made appearances for all of the Spanish um, sort of youth setups throughout his career and he's certainly one for the future. So if we were to sign him now, he's 22, then we could have one for the future. And look at some of the Spanish, the Spanish keepers that have come to the to Premier League before you've got people like David De Gea David De Gea is really good so maybe Blanco is too interesting one for the future there planning a planning ahead I see very very interesting we'll go back to you then Zach your second player please alright my second player is another wing back who also plays in Italy <laughs> uh, this, is a le- this is a left wing back this time I got a, got a theme going alright his name is Fauzi Gulam. And he's a left back for Napoli and for the Algerian national team. Uh, he's 26 years old. Um, last season, he had uh, six assists for Napoli in 26 appearances. Uh, he's got five goals for the Algerian team in 35 appearances. Um, another just international left back who is strong. He can cross well. He can hold the ball up. Um, just kind of like what I've been talking about this whole episode. If we're going to commit to this wing back system, we need wing backs. Um, to facilitate this attack, to put in accurate crosses, to overlap with our uh, midfielder players well. Um, Gulam has proven that he can do this in Europe for the national team. He's played in international tournaments. Um, and Transfer Market has him rated at £15 million, which is within our budget. You combine those two players, that's like you got eight, you got £8 million left over. You can pay Ryan Shawcross. Mm. Interesting. Zach, you, Zach is going for the high spending here, I can see. Uh, ben, you've got a lot of money left in your budget. Yeah. Where are you going next? Right. This might be a bit of an unlikely signing, but that wasn't within the parameters of the game. So, again, <laughs> my position is a left wing back because I feel like that is the most important position in our team that we need to replace, as I've said too many times on this podcast already. Um, so I'm, again, going over to Spain. Um, this time... For a bit more high profile, I'm going for Sevilla left-back Sergio Escudero. Um, He can play both left-back and left-midfield, which makes him the perfect candidate for that left-wing-back position. He can can defend. He had a good season last season, I believe. Um, And he can defend an attack. And he's he's still got a few years left in him. He's he's 27, so he's he's come to sort of the peak years. It might be difficult to get him off Sevilla, I understand that. But we did... We did let them have Enzonzi for nothing, so who knows? They might be willing to give us a deal. Six point seven five million pounds he's rated as well. So I've still got quite a bit of money left over in my kitty. Goodness me! Wow, wow. Okay, so we are. Wow, wow. We we have, we have searched the international markets here for good players. Right, um, Zach. I'm right in thinking this one is dependent on Joe Allen leaving yes right yeah this one was dependent on joe allen leaving because transfer market has him rated at about 22 23 million pounds um 
And right, you know, we came out today and said, you know, we will not let Joe Allen leave, which maybe is a ploy to get them to bid more money. I think we should snap their hands off for 25 or 30 million pounds as much as I like Joe Allen. But mostly I'm saying this. Um, Stoke fans might remember this player uh, because we jokingly um, asked Sevilla to do a straight swap with him a couple summers ago when they wanted uh, when they wanted Nzanzi. He plays for PSG now, but has been mostly out of the team, playing in the reserves at one point. Polish international, Jegos Krakowiak. Um, it is well done. Well done. I watched a YouTube tutorial. I practiced for a while. His name is spelled G R Z E G O R Z K R Y C H O W I A K. Looks like it should be mm-hmm. Grzegor Krychowiak. Not how it's pronounced. <laughs> Czegosz Krychowiak. He's a defensive midfielder, um, Polish international. Uh, transferred to PSG Oof. last summer for a lot of money. Hasn't really worked out just because Adrian Rabio has kind of come out in such a major way. They haven't really needed him. Um, I know he really wants to get a lot of playing time so he can make it, uh, make his way back into the Polish team for the World Cup coming up last summer. Um, he's a defensive rock. He's great in the air. And if we were to sell, uh, right, if we were to sell Joe Allen, I think he and Darren Fletcher would kind of be like an impassable uh, midfield too. Who would just be winning the back constantly, cycling it forward. Huh? Um, and it was really fun to see Stoke fans try and pronounce his name. It took me a whole a whole while <laughs> yesterday. I mean, I've I've heard Stoke fans try and pronounce Shakiri. So how they would cope? Uh, it took us three years there. to learn oh. how to say Boyan. To be fair, and that's like two syllables. And they still and they still don't. They still still call him Bo John. I so, still call him Bojan out of principle. Yes. Good the for wrong you. Well, apparently, wrong principle. Misguided principle. <laughs> you wait. You wait until Hesse's here, and people can't cope with that and call him Jesse or whatever. All right, then. Here we go. Last one. Oh, he's he's uh, right, okay. he's looking nervous here. This this I'm, player I'm might be slightly controversial, as as often my answers are on this podcast. I I, I like to ruffle some feathers. Brecce, um, isn't it? This one <laughs> is a striker that probably needs no introduction for any Premier League fan. He's um, a target man. He's bloody beautiful. And he plays for Arsenal. It is Olivier Giroud. And the caveat for this transfer in this, um, in this current market is that we get it done this week before our game against <laughs> Arsenal. So not only is Olivier Giroud fantastic in the air, and I think he'd be fantastic in the 3-4-3 formation as that focal point going forward, he's got lovely facial features. He can score a goal. He might be a bit annoying sometimes. He's definitely a bit of a diva. But can you imagine the reaction to Giroud scoring the winner on Saturday evening at the Bet365 that pays for the twenty million pound that transfer market valuing that in one single moment. I would explode with joy, and you would never have to hear my voice on this podcast again because I would be gone. That would be <laughs> sensational. It's not going to happen, but that doesn't matter. Olivier Giroud, come to Stoke. Oh my goodness me! Oh, there are. I can already I feel I the hatred coming through. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm properly for that. I, I am sold on Olivier Giroud. Um, I'm, oh, there is too many good answers here, gents. Um, you have both made very, very good points, and there are players in both selections that I would probably cry over if we got them at Stoke because that would be beautiful. Um, You're being very diplomatic. Uh, I'm being very diplomatic because I don't know, because I. Because I wanted to go with you, Zach, but then Ben pulled out this Olivier Giroud, and that kind of made me think, oh, Giroud. I mean, we can argue, do we need a striker? But oh gosh, um, it's a lot at stake right now. There is a lot at stake. I'm gonna say, for me personally, I think Zach is the winner. USA, however, USA, however, USA. Oh, he's ruining it for himself. Now. As, as, <laughs> however, as we do, I, as we do. <laughs> What I would will do is I'm going to put this list up and I think we can let listeners decide who who they would most fancy in terms of the list. If you're talking about who people are going to fancy, then Olivier Giroud is easily <laughs> going to win. <laughs> I would love us to get Giroud. He's, oh my gosh. he's a very fancy guy. 
I mean, the the issue you've got here is you've made us... It's like when we did the manager episode all the way back in episode 50. We got all excited over it, and now none of this will happen, yeah. and we'll be feeling quite sad, and it will be really upsetting when the striker that we're promised is Carlton Cole. Um, oh, well. Oh, well. And do you know what? I, I was very impressed with your work there, gents. Very well done. Let's round it up there for tonight, then. Um and say that we've still not signed Hesse yet. No announcement. But if we sign him tomorrow, good. You heard it here first. Um, we might not just have signed quickly... Hesse, but Paddy Power on Twitter have been blocked as an account. So th- why have they? Why have they been blocked? I don't know. I've just seen on Twitter breaking news that they've been they've been blocked. So their account is suspended. So for any Stoke fan, <laughs> great news. Great news. <laughs> except if you've got a bet on with Paddy Power. <laughs> yes. Oh my I mean, goodness. I mean, well, who, who's th- going to tweet that one gif, that one picture of orcs that they do literally every <laughs> single time Stoke is in the news? That amazing original joke. <laughs> How will we survive <laughs> online? Content. What? <laughs> oh my goodness me! My goodness me! Um, it only really remains for me to say that um, if you go to our website this week, David Cowlishaw, who isn't here this week, but maybe here again in the future no one knows where he is we should do a Twin Peaks style mystery adventure to try and find him um, no we do know where he is don't worry um, he's written a, a lovely manifesto for the podcast for the season um, encourage you to go read it because we really want your involvement this year um, please leave us uh, a review on iTunes please tell your friends about this podcast uh, and get in touch with us because we really want your views for this season I think that's everything we need to say. In which case, I say thank you, Ben, for coming and speaking to me. Thank you, Chris, as always. And thank you, Zach, for uh, braving the nuclear war that is happening in the States and speaking to us about football. I'm just so happy football's back. <laughs> let, let, me, let, me have, let me have this one nice thing before they come for me. <laughs> right. With that in mind, all we have to say is Let's beat Arsenal. Come on, Stoke.